Welcome to a new episode of Crew Talk. I am your host, Matt with Hershey Winkleman. We have a stacked episode coming up. Looking back at the the fiery start to the, the second half of the season, uh, trade deadlines coming up. We'll take a look at that. Huge series of games coming to Milwaukee. But first, of course, Brewers off to a great start in the second half of the season. They're 5-1. and one road trip they of course swept the division rival reds took two out of three against the phillies two huge series you know both for the division and for the wild card christian yelich continues to, to hit the ball well the brewers pitching i mean what hasn't been said about that brewers pitching staff is that starting rotation bullpen has really carried them so far and they just kind of showed the peak of their powers on this road trip so yeah, it's been a great start to the second half. They run into a, a mammoth of a team uh, this weekend, but yeah, initial thoughts. What do you What do you think, Hershey? Yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I thought it was definitely huge. You know how the how the team performed, um, and I thought it was kind of interesting as as to like what you said on the last podcast. It kind of came true, just with you know what what you were saying about the Brewers' success within the division and kind of how we have the Reds number this year, which is uh good, especially because they're the main team that's fighting us for that top spot in our division. Um but yeah, seeing us seeing us uh shut them out to start that series and then obviously get the win in that third game. Uh I know we've seen Devin Williams a lot recently at the end of these games. So I know I know maybe he might need some some more rest. I don't know. I mean they rested him and that final game against Philadelphia, but I mean Williams was uh made an appearance in the first in four of the first five games of the second half, getting the save in four of them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, great, great way to start the second half. Um and yeah, I think beating the Phillies in that manner, especially in that last game, winning four zero, um off the, you know, off that Yelich home run. And then obviously what Contreras did in that second game. Uh, yeah. I just think, you know, Brewers definitely making strides. They're looking more consistent with the offense. And like you mentioned, you know, the pitching staff has been unbelievable so far. Yeah. I mean, we've got some stats here about the pitching there. It's from Mike Vassallo. Great, uh, you know, PR guy for the Brewers. They 11th shot of the season ties the Blue Jays for most of the major leagues. Um, you know, they've won six of their last seven series. The only time they didn't win, they tied against the Cubs um, on that little four-game set. But I think, you know, you mentioned the high usage of Devin Williams. It kind of goes back to what we were saying last episode about his – he didn't make an appearance in the All-Star game, and people were, for some reason, upset about that. But – you know, he's going to be, especially the way their offense is as a whole, he's going to be heavily, heavily, heavily used. So, obviously, all the break he can get, we'll, we'll take. And so, he was huge in the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen has been virtually lights out. You know, they I think there's a lot of knack on the bullpen was that they were very top-heavy, which I think is totally fair, you know, especially kind of as we've seen, like, Trislecki struggle and try and figure out that that eighth inning, but the top guys are they're one of the best in the major leagues. And guys have been stepping up 
Pampas has has done a really nice job, of course. And that new guy, Uribe, he's that just – I think he's got potential to be something really special at the bullpen. So, yeah, it's the pitching has been just unreal right now for the Brewers. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, I, I think like you mentioned earlier, you know, with Yelich, I know he, in the month of June, he hit like three eleven with something like five or seven home runs or something. And it seems like he's, you know, continued that after the all-star break. Um, I guess kind of, what are your thoughts on just like his resurgence? I know he has changed his swing this year. Uh, I know he, he used to have a huge leg kick and he kind of changed it to a toe tap on that front leg. So he has a little bit more control. Uh, and can get a little bit more lift, uh, and we're kind of, we're kind of seeing that in action. You know, he's he's definitely hitting balls hard. Uh, he always just hit balls hard. He always gets the barrel on it. But he's he's kind of finding the gaps now. He's kind of, he's kind of lifting it out of the stadium sometimes. I know on that that one when I was watching yesterday, it didn't. I off the bat I didn't think it was going to go, and it ended up going just on a line drive. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff we saw from him two, three years ago when he was at the peak of his power. So what are your, what are your thoughts kind of on his resurgence and also kind of just the emergence of William Contreras? Cause recently he has been on fire. He's hitting 412 in the month of July. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for Yelich, it's been great. You know, obviously he was a guy that was, well, I mean, one of the best players in the, in the major leagues two years ago. And then of course he's been struggling ever since that knee injury, but I think, you kind of seen this. It's been a process, right? Like it started when he, I think it started when he last year got bumped to the lead up spot. And then you just kind of focus on just getting the barrel on the ball, getting hits, like you said, finding the gap and kind of getting that swing back, taking it piece by piece. Now that he's kind of got that down, we're seeing the power come back, right? Like he, like he had three home runs on this road trip. Um, he's already got, five home runs in the month of June or in the month of July after two in the month of June, he's just improving each, each month, you know, he was 228 in the month of April, 284 in the month of May, 320 in June, now 345 in July. So it's just this kind of the pieces are coming back together and that's, it is, cannot be stated enough how huge it is to have a guy like that in the bull, in the bullpen, a guy like that in the uh, starting, starting, lineup with the way the rest of the offense has been and then you talk about Contreras I think we're kind of in that spot now where we look back at the the hater trade right and he the trade I believe it led to getting Contreras right because then they traded they got Esther Ruiz trade him to get Contreras who has been he's been leading that catching staff offensively like they're I believe they're catching is top five in OPS in the major leagues. I'll have to check that, but yeah, it's, it's a position that was a struggle last year. Really picked up this year. I think they have a guy for the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know we talked a lot about like during the beginning of the season when the offense was struggling, how you know we would need some guys that would like produce kind of at like at like on a, on a superstar level uh even though that the like the front office probably isn't willing to actually pay like any like like uh bona fide superstars i mean i know randomly people started talking about you know Jackson Churio for Otani started 
making Brewers trades for Otani. Like, I just want to put it out there. Like, that's not that's not happening. So we can just <laughs> we can we can toss that out the door. We're not getting Shohei. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I I think just the emergence of those two kind of guys just being like the like the the pillars of the offensive lineup, uh, it's it's huge, especially at the point of the year where we kind of need these guys to start picking it up down the stretch. Having that kind of production, uh, from Yelich, obviously, who we've seen it before, but then Contreras coming out, uh, looking like he could possibly even be better than his older brother, which is be fantastic for us. So. Yeah, so I found that said, this is from Kurt Hogg, who's you know, another great Brewers beat writer for the Journal Sentinel. He listed <laughs> Brewers' OPS by position and then included the MLB rank. The catching spot, 759, their fourth MLB. This is two days ago. Left field, 810, their sixth. Those are the only positions that they have anyone in the top 10. Everything else only the third base spot is within the top half of the MLB. We have right field, which we'll talk about later with you know potential trade targets, 30th, <laughs> DH 29th, first base 29th, uh, second base 26th. So, you know, it kind of they really stick out as these are guys that they they need to have production, right? Like, so it's been great. It's been huge to see them and I only think they're going to get better. I think they're only, you know, they're both trending in the right direction. And I'll even say this about Contreras, something that was underrated or not really talked about coming in, but I think he's outperformed his ability as a defensive catcher. You know, he had those huge throws against the Phillies, and I think that's another thing that kind of just solidifies him as, you know, a catcher for the future. Yeah, 100%. Uh what are what are your thoughts kind of on you know Owen Miller possibly being you know the everyday first baseman? We've seen it pretty pretty regularly as of late him him running the first base position. Uh, but we know we know about his versatility. I mean, he can play anywhere. He can play third, second, any of the corner outfield, first. Um, and you just mentioned you know the Brewers have pretty low production coming from first base as well as right field. Do you think Council's utilizing him correctly? Do you think, you know, he should be moved around to possibly different outfield positions? What are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, I think right now it's, you know, he's doing the best they can. I don't think he's – it's unfortunate that Rowdy Telez had that freak finger injury and he's out, what, four weeks with his finger. He had to get surgery on his finger because he got stuck in a wall in practice or something so that's more of a I think they Owen Miller is not good enough as a defensive player I think to be like the option at first base while we wait for Ragtales to come back I think they need to kind of target someone in a trade to get to fill in that first base spot while we wait for Ragtales to come back um I really like what Owen Miller's do I think I mean obviously he was up to a great start at the beginning of the season. He's kind of, you know, plateaued a bit, but he's his value is that he can do a lot of things. Like you said, he can do be at first, he can be at third. So I like his his ability. Is his biggest strength is his availability, right? So um, yeah, I think he's got a great spot in the lineup going forward. Yeah, we. I mean, I think we could talk about maybe some trade targets before we, you know, get into coming up but uh 
Yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about maybe corner infield. The Brewers have been struggling at third base and first base, uh, like you mentioned. And then obviously, you know, with Tyrone Taylor not particularly playing up to par in right field, uh, as well as, you know, Garrett Mitchell obviously being hurt all year. We had to move Weimer over to center. Uh, my guess is that at the beginning of the year, Council envisioned Weimer kind of running the right field and Mitchell playing mostly center field. Um but, you know, things have had to move around due to injury. And, and now the right field position is just it's a it's been abysmal uh, so far. So uh, out of those three positions, kind of what do you what do you think we definitely necessarily need to target? Um, and, and who and who kind of do you want? It's like on the open market. Yeah, I definitely think right field is kind of the spot that they should target. Right. I think that's such a huge gaping hole. <laughs> And and kind of what they're doing that, you know, you, you gotta get that fixed. I think that's. I know people are always like, "Well, what's that depth to the bullpen?" I'm sure they will, but um, I think right field is kind of where they need to target. It's names I've been seeing uh, from the Rockies: Randall Grichuk. He's a, you know, he's a right fielder. He's he's got good contact. He's a guy that can, he's been productive this year, obviously, you know, being out in Colorado, it's kind of hard to tell kind of, you know, get those numbers a little, a little, um, you know, they're kind of on steroids. Right. But I get, he's, he's really productive against left-handers, which is a huge, as we know, a huge weakness in the Brewers is that they can't hit lefties. So I think a guy like him, I, they've kind of always talked about, like he's always been a name that's kind of been thrown out there. Jock Peterson is another guy. He can be a, a DH outfield. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the focus should be right field outfielder, someone who can be a good DH, and then you know maybe add some depth to the pitching, maybe first base. But you know, that's kind of my view of it. What uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I kind of agree. Um... You know, from what I've just seen from Tyrone Taylor this year and, you know, his limit, I know he's been hurt, but in his limited at-bats and appearances, it's just not been uh, necessarily a great sight to see, especially at the plate. Um, so definitely think, you know, we could improve there. But, yeah, like you mentioned, I'm I'm a big, uh, you know, proponent of, of the pitching staff. And I, I definitely think, you know, if you add a shutdown guy in that eighth or seventh inning, I think this Brewers team is going to be really dangerous come, you know, September, especially when the playoffs start. You need guys like that to just come in high leverage scenarios. If the game is tied or something in the seventh, you got to pull your starter. You got to put in a guy that you trust. I mean, we we really just have Piomps, maybe Piguero and like, and obviously Williams, but you kind of want to save him for that closing scenario. So, right. you know, other than, those kind of guys we don't really have any like super trustworthy arms i mean obviously hobie milner's been all right this year um but nothing like special or anything and you know we've had to use a lot of our long relievers as full-time starters so it's it's been you know an up and down season for the staff i definitely you know we kind of mentioned it last last time uh just getting woodruff back at some point is going to be a massive plus it's like trading nothing for an ace uh, midway through the season uh, and obviously we know I mean he might he might struggle maybe a little bit coming back from the injury just getting acclimated with back with MLB ball but 
you know, we, we know the talent that Woodruff has. We know the pitch mix. We know everything he's got. The guy's a killer on the mound. And, you know, I can't wait to have him back. I can't wait to see what the team looks like with him. Yeah, that's a great point. Getting, you know, Woodruff, that's like you said, it's it's essentially getting a top of the line starter and you're not giving up anything. So that's that would be huge to get back. Um, so I think there's you know, we I think that it will be a lot more I would be shocked to see something that rivaled what happened last year with guys that we gave up, hater, and just the lack of we didn't really address any needs. Guys that we got back we didn't even use. So I I would be really surprised if um you know they they were pretty quiet this deadline, especially the way they've been playing recently. So we'll see. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can address some of those needs that they, that they desperately need to attack. Definitely. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back uh, looking ahead to uh, the Brewers taking on the best team in the MLB twice in the next week and a half, as well as, you know, taking on that Reds team again. All right, so as you mentioned, Brewers got uh they come home and they face off against the best team in the major leagues, the Atlanta Braves, sixty-two and thirty-three, um, three games and then three games against the Reds, and then they go back to Atlanta for another three against the Braves. It's it's uh I think this is the perfect run in for them, right? You've played the you've swept your division rivals in the Reds. You've gone on the road. You've beat the Phillies, who are a pretty good team. You've got momentum coming into home, coming home against the best team in the major leagues. So that's good. But what's your, what are your opinions on uh, how this series could play out? Yeah. So, I mean, I mentioned it a lot and maybe too much, but uh, Matt and I, if you guys don't know, write for brewcrewball.com, which is a brewer's website where we have to write articles about, you know, what's going on every day and and kind of what just all all things brewers news. But we uh I had to write the series preview for this series and I didn't realize how good the Braves were until I fully looked at it. I mean their their offense is just incredible. They have literally all stars at almost every single position, including former brewer Orlando Arcia, which is, you know, it's an interesting little storyline there because I know a lot of Brewers fans back in the day were saying that he was an all-star caliber shortstop and he never fully lived up to it in Milwaukee, but he definitely did this season so far in Atlanta. Um, their pitching staff is interesting. Uh, we're going to start it off against Mike Soroka in the first game. Uh, he's only had a couple of starts because he started off the year injured or he, yeah, he got injured. And then, so he's only had a couple of starts, but he's one and one so far. Uh, it's difficult to to know what we're going to get out of him. Uh, we have Freddie on the mound in that first game. So, I mean, he, with him on the mound, we always have a chance. Uh, not sure who's pitching for them in the second game. Uh, but then Bryce Elder will go for them in the third game, who was an all-star pitcher this year. Uh, and we don't have Corbin in this series. Uh, we Because he pitched yesterday. So we just have Hauser and Tehran, who've been good. But it's the back half of our staff against the best lineup in baseball. Um, not necessarily a mixture for success. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that we can at least take one. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's fair. Um, I think if, yeah, ultimately the goal would be to go into that red series still with a division lead. They're up two and a half. So what, they would have to get swept and the Reds would have to sweep whoever they're playing right now. They're playing the, that's the Brewers. Um, Reds are playing the Diamondbacks. You're good. Second in the NL West. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle. I will say though, the Braves have by their standards struggled. They, they lost two out of three to the White Sox, who are probably the biggest disappointment in all of Major League Baseball. It's between them and the Padres for the biggest disappointment, probably. And then they dropped two out of three against the Diamondbacks, who, like I just said, they're pretty good, but they're not by no way the uh, as good as the Braves. So they're beatable, you know. Uh, I believe, let's see. So they, those games are at home, too. So the Braves just finished a homestand where they uh, lost 2-3 to the Diamondbacks and White Sox. So it's definitely possible. Having that back half of the rotation is not going to help. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, 2 out of 3 would be unbelievable. But, like I said, I think if they can just have a – come into the Red Series still with a division lead, that would be – a considered a success yeah and then going into that going into that red series you know it's it's going to be a big one uh like honestly regardless of what happens in that brave series just because you know you want to either put more distance in between uh the brewers and the reds for the top spot or you know we might need to still reclaim that spot so um yeah i think that's going to be a huge series i'm happy that you know we have corbin and freddie going in that one uh, but that means we're not going to have them for the following series again against the Braves, which, I mean, it's the same basically pitchers going going against each other in the second series that's in Atlanta. Um, so we're basically just going to see all of the same pitchers. But I mean, there's not much not much you can not much you can do about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you mentioned how good the the Brewers have been against you know NL Central opponents this year, and you know we just saw them. Uh, win a series going into the all-star break and then sweep them coming out of the break. Uh, and then, so, yeah. So what are your thoughts kind of going into that red series? I'm predicting either two out of three for the Brewers or a sweep for the Brewers, but that's kind of my thoughts just based off of how the season's gone for these two teams. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I do see success for the Brewers in that red series. They've had the Reds number. This, this will be the last time they play the Reds. So it's a huge point of you know this is the last time they played against their really their main rival within the within the central but they already had the series victory the season series victory over the reds so that's good for a potential tiebreaker down the line but i'm almost more happy to see burns and kind of the top of the rotation against the reds and the braves honestly because you know the braves you lose to the braves it really i mean it doesn't really matter, right? Like it's kind of one of those things like you kind of expect to happen, but you have to beat the you have to beat the Reds. And you have to grow that division lead. So Corbin Burns, uh, has to throw some stats out about him. Mike Vassallo again on Twitter. He in his last four starts, one point three three ERA, twenty seven innings pitch. He's only given up four runs and he struck out thirty six, only given up eight hits. So 
you know, I remember coming into this year, we talked about Burns as like, oh, he had that problem with arbitration and how will that impact his his play? And then he started out slow. It's kind of like, oh, like, what's going on? You know, like what happened to the old Corbin Burns? And But now I think he's really back into kind of that Cy Young form. He's done it for four straight starts. So it's really encouraging to see that out of him. He's by far set himself as that ace of the staff and – He's going to be huge going forward for these last uh, couple months. Yeah, and then I guess you know we can talk about that that Atlanta series uh, real quick. Um, you know, we we got Hauser, uh, Tehran, and Colin Rea going in that one uh, in Atlanta. You know, it's a lot of what we just talked about. But uh, again, I would be happy with one win. Uh, going against that team because then we, we go into the Nationals after that who's not necessarily the most difficult opponent definitely winnable uh, but yeah you know going against the Braves twice in the span of like a week and a half is just that's just a buzzsaw man. yeah and honestly I think they they will have a better chance second time around against the Braves because they've played them once right so we kind of see and like you mentioned it's a very similar pitching lineup it's basically the same and then the Braves so we're playing a division rival it's going to be a high stakes game at home ideally you know best case scenario you, you get a series win and you're coming off a high going into the Braves just like they are now but the the Braves on the other hand they play the Red Sox for two games and the Red Sox are 51 and 46 they're they're sellers, right? They're one of the worst teams at NL East or AL East. So I think when you have a team that's so so good and so much better than their opponent, you don't really come off coming into the Brewers series. You'll have kind of a lull, right? Like they'll maybe take their foot off the gas against the Reds. Red Sox don't really need to do anything crazy, but we'll be Brewers will be firing all cylinders. I think they're really the momentum could carry them to to have some success against the the Braves both these times around. Definitely. Well, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of Crew Talk. Uh, make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, uh, and follow us on Twitter at Crew Talk FFSN. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Uh, let's go, Brewers! Do you have any questions for the show? Do you have any questions? You know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely give us your feedback. You know, we love to hear it. Uh, leave a rating. Yeah, we we very much appreciate those that listen. It's, it's huge that you guys are listening to our podcast. But if you have any questions, tweet at us or in the comments. But, yeah, another great episode. We're looking forward to a good week of uh, Brewers baseball. Let's go.